0: Welcome to the Red Dog Road Podcast, a program for people seeking a deeper perspective on the outdoors, sports, and personal performance. And now, here is your host, Nick Pinizzato. Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to the Red Dog Road Podcast. This is episode zero, and the reason this is episode zero is because this is the first ever Red Dog Road Podcast, and in fact... It's the first podcast I've ever done from this side of the microphone. I've been a guest on many podcasts over the years, but this is the first attempt from this position as the position of host. And I ask that you show some patience and give me an opportunity here to catch your ear, and hopefully you'll become a long-term listener. And this is the beginning of something that lasts a long time. I ultimately have no idea where this is going to go. I don't have any preconceived notions, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And really the reason I'm doing it is because... It complements my recently launched website and blog, reddogroad.net. And if you haven't been there yet, I encourage you to go and check that out as well. And also, I've had people tell me that, you know, it'd be really cool if you started a podcast. And I don't know if it's just because they're too lazy to listen to what I write, uh, which I do enjoy writing, uh, probably a little bit more than I enjoy talking, frankly, uh, or if they're just being nice. But regardless, I'm going to take them up on that advice and go ahead and start the podcast here. And I'm starting out with really some basic tools. I thought I had everything I needed to start a podcast and of course the first thing I did when I tested my equipment was realize that I didn't really like what I had and and needed to purchase a few things but for the most part I'm using some pretty basic tools here to get it rolling and let's see if it takes off and if it works I'll probably do some upgrades but at any rate here we are Red Dog Road podcast episode zero and I've been reading a lot of different things about what to do with your first episode and should you talk about yourself or should you have multiple episodes when you first launch and you just get conflicting information. So I'm going to do what I think feels right. And I think when you introduce and launch a new program, one of the things you should do is talk a little bit about yourself. Not everyone who's listening is going to know who I am. So we'll just start with that. My name is Nick Penizzato. I currently live in Columbus, Ohio with my wife, Angela, and my 14 month old son, Will. I grew up in western Pennsylvania and spent tons of time in the outdoors and playing sports with friends and really when you grow up in that area you know, you're know you an hour plus away from the closest city you just really get into the outdoors and sports and there's just not a lot more to do out there and uh, particularly for me hunting and fishing uh, I had the fortune of growing up in a family where the outdoors was embraced my dad was into a, a number of different things and just sort of followed suit there for, for example he raised coonhounds and got into raccoon hunting pretty big time there for a while so my brother and I got a chance to participate in that and also started raising some birds some uh, we had pheasants we had quail chuckers and released those around around the area which was pretty cool so that was a good opportunity but there're also some other vivid memories i have of growing up with this lifestyle and that you know, one that stands out to me is when i was i was big into sports and i played Uh, high school sports, of course, and we had a thing called the activity bus. And in the fall, because I played football, it always conflicted with deer hunting or archery season. And this activity bus that we had, because we lived in a rural school district, would take you into a, a region closer or a place closer to where kids lived so that the parents didn't have to all drive to the school to pick their kids up. And I vividly remember getting picked up from the activity bus, racing home, grabbing my bow and running out for the last 30 minutes of daylight that I might have had to try to shoot a deer. So that's one of the vivid memories I have growing up and gives you some insight into into basically the way I was living my life and the things I was into. So uh, I'll talk more about Red Dog Road specifically later. Uh, and Red Dog Road, by the way, is an actual place. It's, it has nothing to do with a dog either. But again, I'll, I'll get back into that a little bit later. Um, and then in terms of my education, Uh, because I I grew up in the outdoors. Conservation was just sort of a natural ethic of mine, something I was concerned about. And I got my bachelor's degree in environmental geography. And I just, I went to the local university that was only 10 minutes from my house, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. And to be honest, I I wasn't, I didn't look real hard into a lot of schools. I wasn't really into school. I was a very, very average high school student in a Even more average college student, I would say, but I knew that I needed to get that degree if I wanted to get into the types of jobs I was looking for. Uh, So I was able to pull that off and make that happen. But ultimately, I knew that I wanted to work in conservation, and I was really fortunate to be able to do that for the first 15 years or so of my career. also, I was always into writing, and I mentioned the outdoors. I educated myself as much as I possibly could on deer and deer hunting, deer management, archery. Deer really became a passion of mine. I uh, was lucky enough to have a few articles and photos published at a really a pretty early early age, which was which was pretty cool. And even had a deer scent company at one point, so I had a little bit of experience into the outdoor industry and from a couple of different aspects. Um, and then also. Uh, had opportunity in athletics, and you know, there's a merge point here between outdoors and sports, and some different things we'll get into, and I'll talk a little bit later about the direction of where we're going to go with the podcast here. But uh, I had a chance to. I played baseball most of my life. I mentioned I already. Already mentioned I played football, but baseball was probably well. It definitely was more more of the focus for me, and I had a chance to coach an adult team a little bit later in life, and we had some success with that, and that'll probably be the backdrop for some of the things we'll talk about here, uh, some of the things we overcame, and um, really went from a losing team, a really losing team, to winning championships, and, and that experience led me to getting a master's degree in psychology, and more specifically, sports and performance psychology, and... <laughs> For someone that didn't like school to begin with, if, if you would have told me back when I was 18 years old or even just finishing up my undergraduate degree that I would go on and get a master's degree, I would have said, you're crazy. And I'm still not a huge fan of school, but I, I'm glad I got the master's degree. And people would say, well, why would you take up psychology? And the reality is there was the athletics part of it, which, which was huge, but also psychology in my mind is something that you deal with in every aspect of your life and aspects of your career. So I've found that to be very helpful. And at one point, and a lot of people may not know this, I started, I just got started a business where I was going to consult with young athletes who wanted to go from high school and pursue opportunities at the collegiate level. And I just saw a real need there, kids that had ability, but they just didn't know the first thing about how to get there. And I just got that business started and off the ground, and was my plan ultimately was to leave the conservation field and get into athletics consulting. And just as I was getting that off the ground, I got a unique opportunity. I got a call from uh, an organization called Delta Waterfowl Foundation. Now. Prior to this, I had spent 11 years at an organization called the Western Pennsylvania Conservancy, and I was focused on water quality conservation primarily, and that was a great job, and I had a great opportunity there, and then out of the blue, I got the opportunity with Delta Waterfowl. This, by the way, was in Bismarck, North Dakota, which is a far cry from Western Pennsylvania. And it just the opportunity came at a time where my wife and I, we didn't have any kids. We were up for an adventure, and we said, why not? This is a chance to advance your career and get into the outdoors industry. Let's go ahead and give it a shot. So I went to Delta Waterfowl and started out as the chief operating officer there and eventually became the CEO. And then that led to an opportunity with the Sportsman's Alliance, which is an organization that focuses on protecting our hunting, fishing, and trapping rights primarily from – anti-hunting interests and this organization is based in columbus ohio which is how i ended up here in columbus and made the trek back from bismarck so we didn't stay in bismarck very long and this opportunity in columbus got a lot got us back a lot closer to family and friends so it was a pretty easy easy decision to make to come back to columbus and through that experience i got some really cool opportunities and one of them was i ended up finding myself on national television on cbs this morning Talking about why it wasn't such an international tragedy that somebody had shot Cecil the Lion. And some of you listening, listening to this may remember when all of that was going on. And somehow I found myself in the middle of that discussion. Here I am, uh, a redneck kid from coal country pennsylvania sitting in that uh, in the studio on national television that's being watched by millions of people and i think ultimately that turned out pretty well but it's an experience i never anticipated and i had other similar experiences experiences along the way if, if by the way you're interested in checking that out you can just google my name nick penizzato cbs news or you can google my name with cecil the Lion, and you'll probably find it there i think it turned out pretty well but again an experience that i certainly never anticipated So then after the Sportsman's Alliance, I found myself again with another really unique opportunity with an organization called the National Deer Alliance, which is the organization I currently work for. I'm the president and CEO there. And here was an opportunity to start a brand new deer organization and as a person that grew up a deer enthusiast. It was really hard to pass up that opportunity. I mean, when I just thought to myself, when are you going to get an opportunity to start a brand new deer organization? You know, that's not something that comes along all that often. And I put a lot of thought into it and ultimately decided that that I, that this is going to be a good opportunity and it's something that I should do. And the organization's been around for, it's been around for a little over three years now, but I've been the CEO for slightly longer than two years and we continue to grow and, and do some really great things. But again, it was just a, a an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And really, as you can see here now, I've got this really unique background of the outdoors, of sports. I've got the psychology and the personal performance. There's a link here. To all of this. And this is really where I hope to go ultimately with, with the podcast. Now, as I mentioned, this will complement my website and blog at reddogroad.net. And one of the first things, if, when you get an opportunity to go to the site, I want you to read the story about how I lost it all. Because that article explains how I ended up with the Red Dog Road website and blog because I had been writing and blogging for some time, for several years, actually. And I had a couple different names over the years, but ultimately I had several years worth of material that I had written that I ended up losing, causing me to start over. And I'm not going to give away all the details here. And we'll just, we'll just consider this a tease to get you to the website, but uh, you can check that out and see why it was that I required the fresh start. And, and in a lot of ways, um, obviously it was disappointing to lose all that information, but at the same time, it also presented an opportunity to have a really fresh start. So in some ways, I think it turned out to be a positive. At least that's how I'm spinning it in my mind, because if not, I'll probably uh, get sick over it. And back to Red Dog Road, as I mentioned earlier, it is actually a real place. So this is a place that I mentioned I grew up in rural western Pennsylvania. And Red Dog Road is an actual road that is almost exactly a mile long, and it was pretty traversed the countryside right in behind the home that I grew up in and just had so many really cool experiences that are all kind of tied to this dusty old road in the middle of nowhere. And if you were to drive by, you would never think twice. It's just another road. But there's actually a lot of really cool things about the area that, I, that have shaped my life. And I think a lot of you have had similar places and experiences in your life that have really shaped your life and and helped you get to be the person that you are today. And my hope with the the podcast here is to take you to these places that are familiar and maybe remind you of just how important these things might have been in your life. So uh, ultimately, I want this to be different. I don't want it to be the same old, uh, let's put it this way. If you came here listening, hoping to hear about how to kill this or hunt that or how to catch this. Uh, This is not going to be your standard outdoors blog. We're certainly going to, or excuse me, outdoors podcast. Uh, We're certainly going to delve into some of those issues. We'll we'll have some episodes, I'm sure, that are more specific in those areas, but I see this being much deeper than that and much more thought-provoking. And again, there are so many people that already do really cool things out there that, that I'm not going to be able to do them better. So they already do how to hunt this, how to catch that, how to hit more home runs, 10 steps to being a successful CEO, et cetera. The list goes on and on. And I don't want it to be that. I I want it. I don't want to be as predictable as some of those things that are out there. I'm not going to get into clickbait and sensational topics. It's not always going to be me, just me sitting here behind the microphone either. I plan to have guests and bring in some other perspectives. So, um, Again, it's not going to be what you expect, and hopefully that's music to your ears and a little bit refreshing. So ultimately, though, I do this because I enjoy it. I write because I enjoy it. I'm going to do the podcast because I think I'm going to enjoy it. It's not a money-making venture, and that's not my intention here. I'm not looking for sponsors or anything like that. I'm just looking to have fun with this, and if I say some things that you can relate to and, and that can maybe even help you down the road, then I've done my job here, and that's all I'm looking for at this point. And this will probably be my most difficult episode because I'm again talking solo and there are no guests here and I'm talking about myself, which is really uncomfortable for me, and I think probably for most of us. So I think it'll only get easier after this. As the program progresses, I think it'll be more structured and we'll hopefully follow a more specific schedule. And as I said, I have a ton of experience being guests on pod being a guest on podcast. I host a Facebook live show that's pretty popular called Coffee and Deer for the National Deer Alliance. But this is brand new to me, and it's a learning curve, and I, I think with every minute I speak into the microphone, I think I'll get a little better at it. So again, I ask you for your patience, and uh, if you give this a give this a try listen to a few episodes I hope it's something you like and something that you subscribe to and I hope you keep coming back and I also want to get your ideas so if you have an idea for a show or even a story that you want to share you could be a guest here on the podcast as well so it's not all just about me and my ideas and talking about me I want this to be again about those special places and moments in your life and again a deeper look into our experiences with sports and the outdoors Now with this first episode, I don't want it to just be about me and my background because frankly that's quite boring and you may, hopefully you're still listening, but some of you probably have dropped off already and I wouldn't blame you. But I want to get into a story here that I think is going to be reflective of the types of things we'll talk about and the places we'll go with the podcast. And this is a story that's very recent for me. It's from this most recent deer season here in Ohio. And The area I hunt in Ohio is very typical of the Midwest and what you would expect. So you've got a lot of cornfields, soybean fields, and so on, small patches of woods, but it's very much Midwest. And one of the challenges I had is that one of my favorite stands that I like to hunt, especially during the rut, is way on the backside of one of the fields on the farm that I hunt, and the farmer planted corn pretty much right up to the edge of the woods on all sides, so the only way to get to this place is to hug the edge of the corn. There's a, a little creek drainage that works its way up to the stand that I get to. but It's three quarters of a mile, three quarters of a mile from where I park. And as summer was going on, I started noticing the weeds growing up there. And before you know it, it was almost impossible to be able to get up to this area that I wanted to hunt. And I knew that this was going to pose a problem because it's a stand that I don't hunt often, but it's one that when I go there, I know I've got a good opportunity. And I thought to myself... How am I possibly going to get to that stand without alerting every deer in the county that I'm walking through there because it's just thick and it's nasty and it's got briars and poison ivy? And and the more I thought about it, I realized that I was going to have to cut a path. I was going to have to literally get my hands on the right equipment and cut a path to get to this stand. Otherwise, it was going to be unhuntable for much of the season, maybe the entire season. And I pondered What the best approach might be, and it ultimately led to my renting a piece of equipment from my local Home Depot, pretty much just an, I would call it an oversized weed whacker, but it had a blade on the front of it. And I thought, well, how bad can it be? I'll just cut this path just enough for me to walk to, and I'll be able to get up to that stand quietly when I get the first opportunity. And I started cutting the path, I think it was early August, so this is it's pretty much the hottest time of the summer. And quickly realized within the first few hundred feet of this project that this was a, this was a huge, huge task. And the whole time I'm thinking, you know, one thing I've learned over the years, whether it be hunting or any other aspect of my life, is that ultimately you get out of it what you put into it. So I needed to think about this project in terms of, not necessarily the ultimate outcome, which the out- the outcome was to get a path to my stand so that I could get there quietly. But if I didn't break this thing up into more manageable pieces, at least in my mind, there was going to be no way I'd ever get this done. And I'd quit whenever I wasn't even halfway through. So this is where I, I really started applying a concept I believe in a lot, and that is just win the moment, If you win moments, if you break down your goals as small as possible and you win those little moments, it's almost like walking on the beach. If you've ever walked on the beach and you're just kind of looking down at your feet or looking out to the water and all of a sudden you turn back and look, you realize that you've probably covered a whole heck of a lot further distance than you realized. And it's just because you're taking in that moment. And I thought of that as I was trying to cut this path. I thought, you know, if I can just do a 100 yards at a time and allow myself a water break before you know it in a couple of hours... I'll have cut 400 yards or 500 yards. And that's how, I, that's how I accomplished this project. I kept working at it, working at it, little goals, little milestones. If I could just get to the creek bed, then that's a milestone. If I can just get across this other section of cornfield, that's a milestone. And it ultimately took me two and a half days to cut my path. But I eventually reached my destination to where I got to the point where I could look up into the woods and see the tree stand I had set earlier in the year. And I had my path now. And now all I needed was my opportunity to get up there and hunt. And lo and behold, the first good opportunity I had came on October 24th because it had been hot pretty much the entire season. I think I'd only hunted two or three days of the the season before that. And our season starts at the end of September. And here the ideal day presented itself. We had foul weather. We had hail, wind blowing, uh, heavy winds blowing in, and I know from my experience, mature bucks will tend to get a little nervous when the conditions are rough like that, and we're also kind of getting close to the rut, so I thought this might be a day where one of those bigger deer might want to get up and walk around, and I want to be in my stand if it happens. So here I go walking on the path that I had cut for the first time since I cut it and was able to quietly slip into this tree stand. And lo and behold, despite having to sit there and get pelted by hail a couple times, I even climbed out of my tree at one point just because I didn't feel safe until one of the bands blew through, got back up in that stand, and it wasn't 10 minutes later that a buck that I had known about its a 5-year-old deer, but I had never seen him in person, and as a matter of fact, I didn't have a single daylight picture of this deer. But he ultimately finds puts himself right below my tree stand, and I end up with a shot that was under 10 yards and I end up taking this deer. And that might seem like a simple deer story, but really, for me, as I as I walked back to my truck after I had shot the deer, I just felt this overwhelming sense of satisfaction knowing that the only reason I was able to take that deer is because I was able to slip into that stand because of all of the hard work that I had put in on the front end to be able to get there in the first place. And again, the giant, giant goal was to fill my buck tag, right? That's why I'm out there. Then I had the goal of just getting to my stand, which was an also also a pretty big goal. But then this goal of cutting this three-quarter mile path through some of the nastiest stuff that you can imagine, all of those things led to that successful moment. Now, I very easily could have got into that stand. and never saw a deer that evening, for sure. But the reality is those of you who hunt and those of you who hunt big mature deer, you know, you have to do everything you can to put all of the odds in your favor. And I knew that one way to get the odds in my favor was to just give myself a chance and to give myself a path that I needed to get up there to find success. And I was able to pull that off. So again, it's about winning the moment. There were a lot of little moments that I had to win to achieve that ultimate success. And you can probably think back to the hunts you had or other things in your life that that's what happened. You didn't even realize it at the time, but you put together a number of little pieces and ultimately that puzzle came together and it came together for me this deer season. So, um, yeah, again, it's, it's night. Ultimately, yeah, I shot the deer and that was the pinnacle, but the reality is it's all those moments that led up to it that matter to me. Those are the things that I think about the most that I can, as I'm sitting here, I can tell you more in more vivid detail about how many handkerchiefs and towels I went through just wiping sweat from my brow, then I can tell you how I felt when I was sitting in the stand that day. That was winning a lot of moments, and those moments are what stand out to me now, and it's about the journey, not necessarily the destination. So that just seems like an appropriate story to kick off where I think we're going to head here with, with the podcast. So Be thinking of that. Be thinking of your own stories. Be thinking of ideas that you might want to bring to the show or things that you might want me to talk about, and uh, we'll continue down this path. We'll continue down this path down Red Dog Road because I've got so many stories that, that I can share, and again, looking forward to hearing yours as well. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the first episode here. And I, if you're still listening and you're not someone that's related to me or just knows me and is trying to be nice, I really appreciate you being here. I do promise that the shows will get a little more entertaining and more diverse as I bring guests onto the show. And I'm really looking forward to doing that. So this is episode one. I hope you're <laughs> episode zero. You can see I already need a lot of practice. Uh, this is episode zero. And I hope you've learned a little bit about me and a little bit about where we're going to go with the Red Dog Road podcast. And I look forward to having you as uh, as a listener again soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Red Dog Road podcast. If you like what you heard here, please consider subscribing and telling your friends. You can also visit the website and blog at reddogroad.net.